Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Thursday, October 7th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include chatter in the industry, the third and final part of my interview with John Sayer, and a couple more labor market indicators ahead of tomorrow's payrolls report. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Arch Mortgage Insurance. ArchMI provides an array of mortgage insurance products and services with the goal of providing easy access to their innovative MI solutions. ArchMI's competitive pricing tool, ArchMI RateStar, is the leading risk-based MI pricing model in the industry, and the buy-down feature allows originators to customize each borrower's MI payment. Please visit archmi.com to learn more. The human brain is an amazing thing. Some listeners can instantaneously identify the song and album, if only I said, play it pretty for Atlanta. Others may enjoy the 20 most challenging Jeopardy questions, which aren't as tricky as one might think. We have the link in the daily email. Others enjoy talking about residential lending trends, like today's interview with John Sayer, VP of Client Success for Kiranos on lender trends in the next year. And Stratmore's current business blog discusses what lenders are doing with shrinking volumes and margins. Grow your business, but don't step over a dollar to save a dime. Others like following Washington, D.C. news. And while spending some time in Southern California this week at a California MBA event, talk came around to President Biden's pick for the Comptroller of Currency, who not only graduated from Moscow University, yes, that Moscow, but has raised eyebrows for past and recent comments praising the Soviet economy and pending an article some say advocates an end to the U.S. banking system. One can always contact their political leaders and provide input, whether support or objection, to what their Senate and House members are supporting. The U.S. government, which may run out of money in a week or two, has defaulted before. And although it found the money to pay bills, it is costly. In news directly related to our biz, Redwood Trust bought into Flock, a pioneering rental ownership platform. For today's interview, I wanted to bring on John Sayer, Vice President of Client Success for Kiranos. He has been a secondary marketing and business development professional in the mortgage industry for over 30 years holding senior positions at Guardian Mortgage, Caliber Home Loans, and NationStar. He also spent 15 years at Fannie Mae, with his last position being Vice President of Single Family Business for the Western United States. And for those of you that haven't yet heard about Kiranos, Kiranos was born out of the combination of two familiar industry powerhouses, Novantis and Informa's FBX business. Kiranos delivers a comprehensive mortgage origination and pricing intelligence benchmarking platform that allows mortgage lenders to understand their competitive price position and lending performance metrics, providing real-time mortgage peer benchmarking that enables lender rate comparison to assess overall competitive positioning to positively impact share, margin, risk, and operational execution. With access to weekly loan origination data representing over 50% of the mortgage market's applications, rate locks, and funding, Kiranos provides mortgage lenders real-time loan origination performance relative to the market. Any other trends going on you can share with us? You know, I, I think one of the subplots that isn't well recognized or, or observed is really around refinance cycle times. Uh, cycle times certainly have held back jumbo lending considerably. Uh, I could share uh, with you that depositories, to be able to get a loan process from application to funding for jumbo loans for depositories had grown to a high of 95 days to get a loan done. The good news is that that has now compressed 
to 75 days. So when you think about the velocity of loans going through pipelines, uh, the velocity is much better now than it was a year ago or even late last year. We are seeing, uh, if you're wondering perhaps on the conforming side, how does that uh, compare uh, jumbo loans? How do they compare to conforming in terms of cycle times? It's about eight to 10 days faster for a depository to do a conforming loan than a jumbo loan. And again, we're tracking hundreds of thousands of transactions in almost real time here. So we have a really good understanding of how uh, depositories, which are the primary lenders for uh, jumbo loans, how their cycle times are trending. Uh, we also take a look at mortgage banks. Uh, they have similar um, spread between uh, jumbo and, and uh, conforming, about eight days faster for conforming loans. Uh, mortgage banks' cycle times have also decreased uh, over the high point late last year to current day running from about a high of 85 days to about 55 days today for jumbo loans for mortgage bankers. Yeah, I had a friend last year who, from application to funding, he said it took eight months to do a refinance. So, <laughs> so that's great news. Those are coming down. What about the credit parameters for jumbo loans? Has the business profile shifted at all? You know what? It, I thought it would have shifted a whole bunch, uh, given a lot of reports we see in Chrisman report around uh, credit parameters loosening up and so forth. So forth, but there hasn't been a huge uh, migration of business um, across risk parameters. We took a look at the last four months, uh, so up to the last four months, all the loans that locked in, and looked at the same period of last year. So our last four months versus the same four months last year. And we looked at it in purchase and we looked at refinance loans. So for purchase loans, we saw a little bit of a migration. Uh, we saw the 800 plus credit score loans across all LTVs being a less significant portion of the market. And if there was any migration and migrated to the higher loan to value uh, buckets, um, across credit scores. So those middle 720 to 780 credit scores, we saw some growth at the 75 to 80 LTV tranche. So a little bit of migration from the very, very best credit to some of the middle credits at the higher loan to values for purchase transactions. And then for refinance transactions, the story was a little bit different. Uh, we saw growth in lower loan-to-values across all credit scores, so perhaps the easiest to do loans. So refinances, cash-outs, rate and terms, uh, a lot of, you know, some, some increase, some migration into the lowest loan-to-value buckets, but across all credit scores. So again, the highest credits, those 800-plus credits became less of a percentage of the business and for refinances, if there was a migration, it was to the lowest loan-to-values um, across those middle credit scores. And the final trend you mentioned was in regard to home equity. As rates potentially move up here, and we've seen some of that over the last week or two, what does the landscape look like on the home equity lending side? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So when you think about if you're a homeowner and you're looking to get some cash, your three options cash out refinance, a home equity loan, or an unsecured loan. Uh, 
Fortunately for us, we collect uh, origination data for all three of those loan types. Uh, so there's some pretty interesting analysis to be done to assess borrower trade-offs uh, between each of these uh, transactions. And I could share with you just looking at average rates, you know, if you think about what the borrower trade-offs are in terms of rates. If you look at loans that locked in, cash out refinances that locked in, perhaps with an 80% loan to value last week, the average rate was 3.1%. And that's for a cash out refinance first mortgage. For a home equity line of credit or a he loan, home equity loan, with an 80% CLTV, the average rate that locked in last week was about 4.6%, so about 0.1.5% higher. And then if you look at unsecured, and I just had a $50,000 unsecured uh, loan uh, as an example, and the, the rates there do range tremendously across the spectrum, but we'll just mark that at about a 9% uh, average rate. So you're, you're looking at first mortgage, cash out refi, about 3%. Um, a key lock at about four four and a half percent and unsecured loans at nine percent. So in terms of uh, origination trends given those trade-offs, uh, we do have a ton of uh, data for cash out uh, first liens and home equity loans. And again, we're tracking over half of all mortgage and home loan originations in the market in almost real time. That's both applications and funded loans. At a high level, we're seeing amazingly consistent month-over-month first lien cash-out refinance applications and locks. On home equity loans, there is significant growth. Uh, The dollar volume and unit counts are up about 50%, 50 50%, between January of this year and September. So home equities have grown considerably from the beginning of of this year. That said, home equity lending had been down quite significantly um, over the last couple of years, but we did see a a really nice rebound uh, for home equity lending uh, through the first uh, eight or nine months of this year. For unsecured lending, uh, we're just building out our data set now, and we're excited about that. We'll be able to give a more comprehensive uh, look soon. Uh, But we have seen uh, a really nice uh, growth in the unsecured uh, space over this year. Just don't have some uh, finite stats for you. Well, I'll certainly circle back with you uh, either in the fourth quarter or at the start of next year. So what do you see for future trends though? Yeah, I would say that the headline is that cash out refinance lending has been strong, but really flat every month uh, this year, whereas HELOC and home equity loans are growing in significance. Uh, during this period of time when first mortgage rates have stayed, uh, you know, really low. You know, you think about it, rates have continued to stay low, but you're seeing growth in home equity and HELOC lending. With the prospect of increasing rates, you would expect, one would think, uh, that there would be an acceleration towards uh, home equity loans as borrowers keep their first mortgages in place with the low rates. And if they're looking for some extra dough, uh, they may consider a second lien or an unsecured loan. We're keeping our eye on unsecured loans. Uh, the interesting thing there is that uh, those loans can close in you know, potentially 10 days or less, whereas, as we talked about earlier, uh, home equity loans and re- first mortgages are taking 65 days and 
for first mortgages and actually home equity loans also take about six to five days to get uh, processed and closed. Wow. Well, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, John, I found this to be one of the most informative interviews I've done since I launched this podcast. So I really appreciate you coming on and, well, and talking to me. Well, we appreciate the engagement. Uh, love you guys and uh, look forward to chatting again. Definitely will do. Talk to you later. Take care. Considering that I've been teasing tomorrow's September payrolls report as the driver of mortgage rates to look out for, it's only fair to review the preliminary ADP jobs report from yesterday. It showed the addition of 568,000 private payrolls in September versus expectations of an increase of 405,000. Analysts think we'll see 475,000 non-farm jobs in tomorrow's report. But what do they know? While Treasuries and MBS prices were little changed by the close yesterday, talk has been of increasing yields lately. Keep in mind that the 10-year remains 21 basis points below the year-to-date high seen on March 31st, when the 10-year closed at 1.74%. During inflationary periods, markets usually are driven less by fundamentals and more by sediment. A couple of labor market indicators led off today's calendar ahead of tomorrow's payrolls report. Fed job cuts from Challenger for September, in at only about 18,000, and weekly jobless claims, which I'd tell you, but I have a tea time here in Hilton Head, South Carolina. <laughs> that about does it for market moving news. Later today brings Freddie Mac's primary mortgage market survey, a couple purchase operations by the Fed, and remarks from Cleveland Fed President Mester. And Thursday begins with current coupon agency MBS prices unchanged from Wednesday's close and the 10-year yielding 1.53 after closing yesterday at 1.52%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Did you know that on the Canary Islands, there is not one canary? And on the Virgin Islands? Same thing. Not one canary. (laughs) Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, ArchMI. ArchMI provides an array of mortgage insurance products and services, with the goal of providing easy access to their innovative MI solutions. ArchMI's competitive pricing tool, ArchMI RateStar, is the leading risk-based MI pricing model in the industry. Please visit archmi.com to learn more. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.